Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Man, we have learned so much through recording, through, you know, having this time um, where, we, you know, we've had to approach church in different, from a different direction. And so what I'm going to ask you to do on this last day, this last Sunday that we're going to be doing it this way, because we're excited to, to get together with you next week. But I just want you to take a moment right now to set your heart with me, because the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is so powerful. He can flow through lenses. He can flow through devices and equipment, and he can get right to the heart of what he wants to accomplish in your life. And so I'm going to ask you to set your faith with me right now. And let's pray. Let's agree together for the Holy Spirit to have his way and his anointing. Father, we just do that right now. We submit our hearts to you. We set ourselves to receive from you exactly what you have for us. God, have your way. Do what only you can do. Lord, we pray and we ask, Lord, that your super would be placed on our natural. Lord, that we would understand the mysteries of the gospel. And Father, that your presence would fill this place, would walk through equipment, go through lenses, and go right to the heart of what you want to accomplish. Father, we invite you now in Jesus' name. Have your way. Holy Spirit, minister right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm just feeling right now that in my heart that some of you have been dealing with fear uh, in this. Maybe you haven't been asked, called back from your former job, or maybe you've been furloughed, or you're trying to figure out what's going to happen now. And, and I, I just feel like this, this is a time for you to put your hands up. And, and, I, and I want you to repeat after me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you're my source, that my job is not my source, it's a resource. But God, I receive your peace right now in my heart. Peace is an amazing thing, man. It passes understanding. God peace passes understanding. That means you have peace when in the natural you don't have a reason to have peace. And so I'm just declaring right now over your life that peace over your heart, that you're not walking in fear, you're not walking in, in worry, concern, but it's time to take authority over those feelings because those are just feelings. They're going to pass. The situation that you've been in has been temporary. And God is going to do something amazing. It's going to launch the plan that he has for your life. So I, what I want you to do is just lift your arms right now and say, God, I receive that. I receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Man, God is so good. Well, I got a good word for you this morning. So I'm going to ask you, uh, to turn in your Bibles over to the book of James. And what God really had put on my heart this morning is understanding the price that Jesus paid for us. Understanding the price that Jesus paid for us. Because right now, there are a lot of Christians that are still dealing with, um, still dealing with 
um, identity and and forgiveness. You know, it's like you know they're 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 still living with a sin consciousness uh, in their life. They're living. They're holding on to the bondage of the past. They're allowing themselves to fall into doubt and to unbelief. And the great news is that we, when we understand the price that Jesus paid, it frees us. We begin to understand the forgiveness that, that has actually taken place and what we have been forgiven from. And that sets us free to where we're able to serve God at a greater level because Jesus paid an exceedingly precious price for us. You know, not too long ago, our family, um, we, we enjoy movies that are based on true stories. And so we got to watch this movie called Just Mercy. And I know it was talking about a, an attorney named Brian Stevenson who had graduated from Harvard. He went down to Alabama. And his goal was to, you know, represent people that were on death row that maybe didn't have money for representation, you know, or whatever the case was. Well, he came across this one case one of the first cases that he did was uh, for a guy named Walter McMillan, and all of his friends called him Johnny D. And he had been um, put in prison for a crime, for a murder, when the evidence didn't point to him. It, it was basically based on one man's um, testimony, and that man recanted his testimony later. But through, through that entire movie, it walks you through that whole process, and and at the end, you know, he's exonerated. Uh, finally, after all these years in prison that he served, you know, for a sentence, uh, for a crime that he didn't commit. Well, Jesus did that for us. He exonerated us. You know, we were guilty, but Jesus came in and he paid the price so that you and I could walk free, so that we could be free from doubt, from fear, from bondage, from addiction, from sin in our lives. And, you know, here on earth, we have a judicial system. You know, we have a judicial system, and so there's different court levels, whether it be at the state level, whether it be at the federal level. You know, you have the district court, then you have the circuit court, which is the first court of appeals, and then you have the Supreme Court. So, you know, there's these different levels. Well, there's also a judicial system in the spirit realm. And guess what? In that system, God is the judge. Satan is the uh, prosecuting attorney. Jesus, though, is our counsel. He's our advocate. He's, he's the one that is, is watching out for us. And so in James chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, that there is only one lawgiver, one, one judge. And in Psalm 7, verse 11, it says that God is that righteous judge. So, you know, we have the ability to appeal to a higher court. You know, when, we have, when we're being confronted with our past, we're being confronted with things that we've done, mistakes that we've made, you know, we're being accused on a consistent basis. The, the Bible says that the accuser, the brethren, the devil, he... He accuses us day and night. He doesn't stop. I mean, it's a constant day and night. I don't know if you've ever seen a person that maybe is a political figure or is a person of, uh, of high importance and they're being, they're being constantly accused of things. 
you know, we've watched some of that go on and we think, man, that, that's gotta be exhausting. But here's the good news, is that we can appeal to a higher court. You know, I, during the 17th century, there was a series of conflicts between Britain, and uh, between Parliament and the Crown in Britain. And this, was caused, uh, this caused different British scholars to begin to write a great deal about the nature of government, the limit, limits of royal power. And one of those men was John Locke. And he was one of the most important political philosophers in 1689 uh, to 90. He published his second treatise of government. And this is what he said in there. He said, where the body of the people or any single man is deprived of their right or is under the exercise of power without right and have no appeal on earth, then they have liberty to appeal to heaven when they judge the course of sufficient moment. And this quote was part of Locke's uh, justification for overthrowing Britain's King James II. And he was removed from power in 1688, and that became known as the Glorious Revolution. Well, let me tell you, we need a glorious revolution in our own lives. And we can have that when we appeal to a higher court. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk for a moment about three things that Jesus did for us. Three things that Jesus did for us. Number one is he expunged our past. He expunged our past. I like that word expunge. Here's what it means. It's a verb and it's a, you know, it's used, it's a word that's used in, in our court system. It means to erase or remove completely to expunge. That means that your record that's no longer in your record. It can no longer be found. It's been expunged from your record. And so oftentimes, that's what Christians need in order to be able to step into understanding the price that Jesus paid is we need to realize that our past has been expunged. It's been completely erased. You know, my wife and I were at a meeting one time and it was Kenneth Copeland. It was a conference and he had had an altar call and this man came forward and he received Jesus as his Savior and his Lord. And when he had him there at the altar, Kenneth Copeland said something that was so interesting to me. He said, he said to this man, he said, now you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He said, let me tell you something. I have a grandbaby. At that time, he had a grandbaby that was only two weeks old. He said, if I was to hold my grandbaby up here, he said, I could hold that baby up, and that baby is only two weeks old. He said, well, this is how much God has forgiven you. He said, this baby has more of a past than you do. That was powerful. See, when the enemy reminds us of our past, remind him the price that Jesus paid for you, that you have been declared not guilty, that your record has been expunged. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 it says this, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, but you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are 
God's. You've been paid, Jesus paid a precious price for you. You've been bought at that price. That means all of your sins, your past things that you've done. And when, let's say, let's say you've been saved for some time. Let's say you've made a mistake. Let's say you've slipped into sin. 1 John 1, 9 says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain, and obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. It, you know, that we can come and we, I'm sorry, we can confess our sin before him. And he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I just quoted the verse I just read to you. But first John 1, 9. So that means that we can come boldly. And when that happens, guess what? That sin has been expunged from our record. But like I said, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And Hebrews chapter 12 says that. And he loves to remind you of your past. And he'll use any and all means to do that. He'll, he'll talk to your mind. He'll use people. He'll use situations. He'll use a song. You know, have you ever broken up from a relationship or got out of a bad relationship, but there was a song, you know, that was that kind of, you, maybe you were walking through a store and you hear the song come on and it takes you back to that memory, you know, to that hurt, to that pain. Maybe you made mistakes back there. Man, now it's time to say, no, devil, I, then my past has been expunged. I've been forgiven. Man, you know, 1 Peter chapter 5 says that the devil roams about. He walks around like a roaring lion. Well, here's the thing. I, I heard, uh, uh, who's the, Jeremy Riddle say this, and it was so powerful. He said, he said, you know, the devil walks around. He, he, is like a roaring lion. He wants to be a roaring lion, but God is the roaring lion. There's a big difference between being like a lion and being a lion. Isn't there? Big, big difference. And the lion of the tribe of Judah has expunged our past. The record is clean. It's completely wiped clean. So number two, things that Jesus has done for us is he has now established new precedent. Phil, you're using a lot of legal terms. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it kind of goes with it, but he has established new precedent. So he has made us righteous. He has adopted us into his, into his family. We have a new identity. The slate has been wiped clean. But here's the thing. Here's what precedent is. He's established this new precedent in our life. And here's precedent. A precedent is, uh, or authority is a legal case that establishes a principle or rule. This principle or rule is then used by court for other judicial bodies' use when deciding later cases with similar issues or facts. So here's the good news. You say, Phil, okay, I get it. There's new precedent that's been established. Where do I find this precedent? Scripture. Scripture has become our new precedent. So what that means is that's, that becomes the rule for life, you know, so that we can go and we can find precedent in the Word of God. When we're walking through something, when we're experiencing something in our life, maybe you need a healing in your life, in your body. You've had a sickness. You've had constant, you know, you've been dealing with this. You know, it'd be a good idea to go and get precedent from the Word of God. 
We as believers have a responsibility to know what God said so we know what to believe. You can't believe something if you don't know what was said. And sometimes we have to go back and reread it. Maybe we've read it a thousand times. It's always a good idea to go back and put your eyes on it again, to see what it said again, so that way the belief gets settled that much more in your spirit. So then, now that you have the Word of God, you can speak it over your situation. You know, maybe you're feeling weak in your body. Well, Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. So you could take the precedent of the Word and you could say, Lord, your Bible says in Joel 3.10 to let the weak say, I am strong. So I'm, I've been weak in my body, so I, I'm right now declaring what your word says. I am using this precedent from the word that I am strong. Another scripture says, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In my weakness, his strength is made perfect. There are all kinds of scriptures that we can use as precedent in our lives. So, but we have to find out what the scripture says. And when we understand how much we have been forgiven, we then understand how much we're loved. And when you understand how much you're loved, you can love others the same way. Now, I wanna look at a verse in Luke chapter seven. Luke chapter 7, Jesus had gone to a Pharisee's house and he had invited him over to dinner. So Jesus is at the Pharisee's house having, you know, he comes in to have dinner with this Pharisee. And while he was there, there was a woman that came in to the house. She kind of burst into the house because she would not have been invited probably into that house, you know, uh, because she was a prostitute, you know, unless she was there to prostitute. You know, and so she came in and she is crying and she's washing Jesus' feet with her tears, you know, and she's drying them with her hair and she is kissing Jesus' feet and she is loving Jesus. And so it's a, so Jesus says, you know, I want to tell you a story to the Pharisee because the Pharisee saw this, he's watching this, he sees this woman doing this, and the Pharisee has this feeling of, you know, he can't be a godly man. If he was a godly man, he would know who was even touching him. And so this is what Jesus said. He said, I want to tell you a story. And Simon says, okay, go ahead, tell me the story. So it says in verse 41, Jesus said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? So Simon answers and he says, I suppose the one who was forgiven more. Jesus says, you've rightly judged. And then he went on and he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, he said, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and she has wiped them with the hair of her head. Notice how Jesus is comparing. He's saying, hey, I came in here, you gave me nothing to wash my feet with. This is good hospitality. This is a way that you could have loved, but you didn't. And then it says in verse 45, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. And you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, 
are forgiven, for she has loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Now, why is Jesus telling Simon this story? Why is he saying it this way? This is what I received from that story, is that Jesus is trying to help Simon understand, you have been forgiven as well. Because Simon is comparing himself to this woman. If Jesus only knew who this woman was. I mean, in his estimation, she was the lowest of the low. You know, oftentimes Christians categorize sin. Interesting verse in Romans 3, verse 23, it says, all have sinned. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if all have sinned, we all have the ability to love much. Man, you know, I just think about this woman coming in and her appreciation for Jesus, his acceptance of her. Let me tell you, the Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. You know, I've watched Nicole throw away several of our kitchen rags because they just get used so much to get to the point that those rags are thrown away. That's our righteousness. It's no good for anything except to be thrown away. And when you understand how much you've been forgiven, you can love much. I heard Todd White say this because if you know anything about Todd White and you've gone back and you've heard his testimony, you've heard, you know, how God took him from this, you know, terrible sin that he was in and, and redeemed his life. But God didn't just do that for Todd. He did that for us. He did that for everyone. He did that for me, you know. And, and so he said that people have said to him over and over, well, you know, Todd, you know the reason that, you know why you love God so much? He, he looked at him, and they said, because you've been forgiven much. And Todd's point in telling this story was, wait a minute, haven't we all been forgiven the same? Wait a minute, because we categorize things. You know, we, we consider this person a worse sinner. But let me tell you, I love what my wife says. We're all one Jesus away from hell. Man, that's powerful. We're all one Jesus away from hell. I'm telling you, we need to begin to realize how much we've been forgiven so that we can begin to love the way Jesus needs us to, the way we need to. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Now let's just take a moment right now to love God. Father, we love you. We're so thankful. So grateful because we've been forgiven. We love you, God. Maybe you've never received Jesus. Maybe you've never made him Lord of your life. And you, you wound up watching this today. 
I don't care if you've never received him. I don't care if you've received him and maybe you're away from him. You need to come back to God right now. Pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I receive your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. See, it's dangerous to categorize sin because you may begin to think that you don't need the salvation of Jesus, or that you're in some way all right. You know, man, that's dangerous. Wow. Jesus, I mean, when you go back and you look at it, Jesus really put people in two categories. Lost, found. People without God, people with God. And then let me move on to number three. Number three is this. Jesus made us to be his witnesses. Now he wants us to be his witnesses. In Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, it says this. Since we, now, since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of sin, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Man, we are made free in him, whom the sun sets free is are free indeed. And why are we free? So that we can help others get free. Freely you have received, freely give. 1 Peter 2.24, this is a very familiar verse. Many times we use this just for healing. But think, consider this first part here. This is in the New King James Version who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, now might live for righteousness. I added the now in there. Might live for righteousness. Why? We have died to sin. The old man is dead. Man, that's the, uh, that's the importance of understanding the price that Jesus paid. Man, the other day I just began to think about the price that he paid. And I, and I began to think about it this way, because you know how you've ever been in it, maybe you've had an addiction, a habit that you want to kick that you just seem like it's like taken so, you know, you're having to work so hard to get rid of it. It just seems like something that, that is, has been a reoccurring issue in your life. I came to this realization as I was thinking about this. Jesus' blood was more than enough. It paid for everything. That means that there's nothing that, we, that can't be broken in our lives. There's nothing that we can't break free from in Him. I'm going to end with this story in, uh, in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, and you remember there was a demon-possessed man, and Jesus and his disciples had showed up on a boat, you know, to this particular place, and there was this demon-possessed man that, you know, he had, uh, he, he, he was, he, he would cut himself, and he wasn't wearing hardly any clothes, and, and, and he was, you know, just uh, needed freedom from this, and, and so Jesus came, and Jesus spoke to the demons, commanded them to go. They went out, you know, they went into a bunch of pigs, and the pigs ran down the side of the hill, they drowned in the ocean, right? 
or in the sea. But then this is what happened. In verse 38 of chapter 8 of Luke, it says that the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him, with Jesus. He wanted to go with him. Man, I, I don't blame him. When I'm, you know, if I'd been set free like that, man, how many of you would want to go with Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family. Tell them everything God has done for you. So the man went through the town proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done for him. Now all of a sudden he's become a witness. Now all of a sudden he's become an evangelist. He didn't go to training school. He didn't spend... 30 years in the Bible, he just went and began to tell all the things that God had done for him. So this is why we need to understand the price that was paid so that we can become free, so then we can be witnesses. That's the, that's the whole purpose of the Christian life. That's what this whole thing is about, is because when you become free, when you become uh, uh, completely free in him, then you can go and tell others and they'll get free. That's how this whole thing's supposed to work. Because I'm telling you, next Sunday, yeah, we're opening back up, but it's not church as normal anymore. I'm telling you. Yeah, there may be some similar things. There may be worship, and there may be an offering, and there may be a message. But man, this is our day. This is our time to take what Jesus has done for us and help other people get free. You say, Phil, I'm not free yet. You know, it seems like I've had this, you know, I'm dealing with sickness. How can I go pray for somebody else to get free if I'm dealing with sickness? I love the testimony of Dodie Osteen. When she was diagnosed with cancer, and you can read it in her book. In fact, we'll be happy to give you a free book, uh, her book, which is called Healed of Cancer. It's an awesome book. Uh, I love it. And so she was given this diagnosis. Well, I mean, she, she, her body, she was, the doctor gave her three weeks to live. And do you know what she did? She would go to the hospital and pray for other people to be healed. She has been given a death sentence from the doctor. And look how she responds. She responds by going to the hospital and praying for other people. She responds by acting like she is healed. She said sometimes walking from her car into the hospital to be able to pray for people would take her an hour to get to the room because she was so weak from the sickness. I'm telling you. I, I, I shared a story last week, A.B. AB uh, uh, Simpson, I believe it was, uh, the Presbyterian minister, shared his story about climbing to the top of the mountain and how he was dealing with, you know, he had a heart problem before that. And he was experiencing symptoms on the way up the mountain. He said, but when he focused on the word of God and he focused on the price that Jesus had paid for him, the symptoms would go away. I'm telling you, as you walk toward helping other people, as you walk toward your healing, you will experience the same thing in your life. You can. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.